We're gonna go win-loss with my next guest. No, we're gonna save that for another podcast. We're going to preview the NBA season by looking at the contenders in the Western Conference. So let's start with the favorites, the Los Angeles Lakers. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga, joined by Kyle Goon, Hollywood Kyle Goon of the Los Angeles Lakers Beat and the Southern California News Group. Kyle, how are you? Good. As, as you always say, there's no one more Hollywood than me. You've changed since we've known you with the Salt Lake Tribune. More kale in, in your I'm life. Older. More kale in your life. You enjoy root talk more. Every conversation devolves into your spec script. You have, for some reason, you've written a pilot. Everything. I honestly, I don't know if I can deny any of those. So I, I welcome it. Yes, I've changed I've completely. You're you right. have, you have changed because you went to the bubble. Who were you when you walked in, and who'd you become when you walked out? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I when I walked out, uh, I was uh, Private Ryan at the end of Saving Private Ryan when they do the face morph, and he becomes eighty years old on the on the shores of Normandy, looking down at a grave. That's that's me walking out of there uh, after walking in a fresh faced Matt Damon, peak of my career. Um, no, it, it was just exhausting and uh, um, tiring, and I'm sure you've heard uh, from from the folks in the jazz who were there. Um, I mean, uh, the, the metaphor I've come up with is um, the, the NBA Death Star. We were on a space station somewhere living together, could not get out of that space station, <laughs> had to live there until uh, we were eliminated. Um, so it, it was, it was um, challenging, um, you know, an exercise in 24 seven, extroversion um which for me is was was just really tough um but you know i'm glad that it happened and certainly as we look at the next nba season um that is going to be super challenging so I'm, i'm glad that the nba season was finished um it was very memorable i was excited to be a part of it even though uh i i did have to just lie down for a month afterward heavy hitters you were among the heavy hitters there the big I, I time journalist. Yes. <laughs> no. Well, you were you were tier one, right? At that point, yes. you were in the group that actually got to see these players. I only got to see them via Zoom. You were there in it. Yes, I got sprayed by champagne uh, by LeBron James and Danny Green. So, yes, that was as as close as one could get. Um, yeah, but so it it was good. I mean, I think what I realize now is. Um, you know, it just let normal life happen in a sense, even though nothing about the bubble was normal. Um, we were permitted to do normal things inside, do normal interviews, kind of interact with human beings in a somewhat normal way. Um, you know, the, the, the last night of the bubble kind of, uh, getting together and and celebrating the end of, uh, the long journey was a lot of fun. Um, and honestly, I mean, uh, you know, when you, when is the next time I'm going to have a party, right? Like when is the next time I'm going to be able to get together with anybody, um, in a, in a reasonably safe fashion. So what I realize now is it just afforded us these fleeting moments of normalcy. 
Um, and nothing about this upcoming season is going to feel like that, unfortunately. What was the most abnormal part of the bubble? Um, abnormal. Um, yeah, I think just waking up and being like, oh, here's, here we are again. Here's another day. I'm going to walk outside and see all the rest by the pool. And I'm going to, you know, go to breakfast and run into a bunch of media members. And, and like everything about that was NBA. Like if like at times it felt like an equivalent of, you know, in a normal time, like going to New York to the NBA headquarters in Midtown and just like setting up a cot in that building. You know what I mean? It's just every, everyone was there for the basketball or for taking care of the people there for basketball. Um, you know, even in your off hours, um, it was just interacting socially with, with NBA people, whether that be reporters, um, sometimes players, um, a lot of times referees playing pickleball. Um, you know, it was, it was just, it was just weird kind of being in the NBA universe all the time. Um, and, uh, for me, like, I, I realized how much I value being able to kind of occasionally get out of it, even if it's for like, you know, a, a day or two at a time, um, just sort of checking out uh, for a minute um, because it was just hard to like go to the games, write about the games, go to the practices, write about the practices. And then even in your own time, you're not really on your own time because um, anything potentially connects to the NBA and therefore a story. So it was just in sort of in your head all the time about, okay, what's, what's next, what's next, what's next. And, and in that sense, it was just like, being um like immersed and, and and totally in in the nba and and i definitely needed a break when it was all over describe to me that covering a glamour franchise like the lakers because i'm sure if there's something on uninterrupted you have to watch it if there's a new special about genie bus somewhere you also have to watch that on spectrum what is the experience of covering one of the biggest teams in all of American sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, just to kind of contrast it with the jazz. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot more media and even, um, you know, the, the uh, auxiliary players are kind of stars in their own right in, in a different way um, are doing different kinds of media. Kyle Kuzma is doing a fashion show inevitably some somewhere in some magazine or for some for some uh big instagram account it, so it is kind of like eyes everywhere like is is this thing matter um obviously a guy like lebron with his stature um you just got to be a, paying attention um watch a lot of road tripping with richard jefferson ally clifton um so yeah it's it, it's a lot of like all right are all your bases covered? Um, and, you know, I mean, a lot of any beat is like that. It's just more basis with the Lakers because they interact with popular culture in a way that's um, hard to appreciate until you're fully invested. Uh, like I, I, you know, I just covered the jazz for, for one year and obviously was in Utah for longer than that. But um, I think I thought I had a lot of things figured out that I didn't. <laughs> and, and that never became more apparent when you, in one year, moved to the Lakers and LeBron James. That's not to say um, Utah was not like this this uh, 
uh, very challenging beat because it was. It's just it's just a different sort of um, you have to cover different bases uh, covering the Lakers and a, a star with the cultural significance of LeBron. How are you approaching Zoom NBA media now as we're going through oh, media week great. right now? <laughs> so great. you love it? Oh yeah, I love it. Um, no, I mean. Um, how do you, how do you how are you approaching these? Because finding stories via Zoom interview, like even just meet meet a draft pick, he's never going to know you other than what you've got on this Zoom camera. At first least, first of all, I cover the, the Lakers. I'm not going to meet a draft pick. I know. Again for a long I know. Time. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But Dennis Schroeder, who you're just meeting, uh, yes. one of the off season signings. How do you develop a relationship via Zoom? Uh, that is a very good question, and honestly, I'm I'm still working out a lot of that. Um, and uh, I, you know, it's interesting. I think you probably feel this way about the jazz group that is there, because um, you know, there's so many great guys in the locker room. Derek Favors back, uh, Donovan and Joe, and um, some days Rudy. Um, you know, great, great guys who give a lot of insight and a lot of time. And the Lakers locker room is actually like that too this year. Um, I mean, in particular, I'm very excited about the addition from media perspective of Mark Gasol and Wesley Matthews, who are both um, really incredible interviews. And um, this just happens to be the plague year where everything is over Zoom. So, yeah, I mean, I think what I'm going to be doing is, is looking for more time with those guys and, and sort of a, a separate atmosphere. Um, and that's the only way, but like you said, I mean, it's just, it's just limited. Um, and that, that's one thing I really miss about the bubble in that when you did an interview, um, you knew for sure that the, the players could see you. Um, and in my view, that really makes a difference when somebody can look in your eyes and when you ask a question, then answer the question back to you. Um, you know, most questions over Zoom in the bubble, uh, players didn't see any reporters' faces at all. Um, I'm not sure if people know that. They were just looking at a video screen of themselves, which is, now that I say it aloud, uh, sounds even weirder than it was. It just sort of became numb to it after a couple weeks. But, but yeah, they were just looking at a video of themselves answering questions um, asked by bodyless voices. So um, I think, well, the Lakers certainly have made an effort to um, do more Zooms with, with people's faces. Um, so I, I think that's valuable. Um, and I, hopefully, you know, the new guys start recognizing who we are. Um, we only introduce ourselves every Zoom uh, that I'm Kyle Goon in the Orange County Register. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging for sure. And I really miss the olden days of, of being able to go to the locker room and check guys up. Jerry Dudley, I mean, nobody better in the league in the, in the pregame locker room than Jared Dudley, and, and I really miss those times. What is it about Jared Dudley? Uh, he'll talk forever about any topic, and, and I really mean that. And, and it's, there are things he knows a lot about, and there's things he doesn't know quite as much about, and he'll talk about those things for an equal amount of time. Um, Jared Dudley is the only player – when, when I was in the bubble, um, uh, I, I scheduled some time to do a one-on-one -on -one with him. And he's the only player who I've ever seen uh, the Lakers media uh, director kind of 
guy to point me over and said, okay, Jared's ready for you now. And he looked up, saw me, did a finger wag for me to come over. I was like, wow, he's ready. He's really missing the locker room time because in the pregame locker room, Jared will just chill in his chair and there'll be, you know, a dozen people around him chatting with him about whatever's going on, whatever the hot stove in the NBA is at the time, especially if he's played with somebody. Um, he'll, he'll weigh in on anything, which I love. He told uh, uh, our mutual friend, Bill Oram, uh, last year, last year, God, this year, last year was so long, um, that Blake Griffin was his least favorite teammate ever. Um, wow. Yeah, so he, he will tell people stuff. It's, it's great. Um, love him. Love that he's back, honestly, from a very selfish media perspective. But with media, at a certain level, I don't think you root for the team as much as you root for, God, this guy's a great quote. <laughs> and Jared Dudley, um, I mean, multi-year MVP in that regard. How are they taking those championship aspirations and expectations? Because it's, it's the fishbowl in Los Angeles. How are they taking the favorite status that they've got this year? I mean, head on, um, you know, and I think it helps that they just won. Um, I think it helps that they bring back nine guys. Um, the guys that they have added, um, one of them has won a championship uh, and has kind of joined midstream when Marcus all, if you remember, got, got traded to the Raptors. Um, so he knows kind of how to, bind himself to that kind of culture um and uh, wesley matthews no more consummate professional i in, i think in the league um so it's uh yeah I, I think it's pretty straightforward in terms of the expectations i mean um i think their biggest challenge actually is just the the physical fact that they won a championship two months ago um almost two months ago to the day uh now and uh, they, they just aren't physically ready. To me, that is going to be the challenge of the season, even more so than shouldering expectations, because when uh, – really, when has LeBron entered the season without some sort of ring of, of title expectations? Um, you know, Anthony Davis, I think he's gotten a grip for what that's like um, and to, to kind of be under the microscope. So, um, you know, I think it will be – more challenging next postseason when um, I mean, hopefully the world is a little better and hopefully there will be, um, you know, more media presence and things like that. And it'll be a little bit more challenging, maybe some fans um, by, you know, May or June, we'll see. But so I think there will be challenges unforeseen at this point, but um, as far as expectations, I, I don't think that's really a problem. I think they, walk in expecting to win. They have enough guys back from last year who, who do know how to win now. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's kind of, I think the Lake where Lakers fans and, and Lakers sort of organization people feel this is, this is where they belong. How do Lakers fans feel about LeBron? Is he now a, a quote unquote true Laker as it is? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, even more so than the championship. I mean, I think the championship, whew, if they hadn't won the championship this year, um, I think it would be pretty challenging because then you're staring down um, father time and you're sort of wondering, 
is there going to be a better shot than the one they just got? Um, but then the championship kind of improved everything. I think it had also improved the quality of free agent they were able to bring in this year. Guys who wanted to win, see an opportunity to win, um, believe not only in LeBron, but the future of Anthony Davis with the franchise. Um, so I think the championship just improved everything a little, including how Lakers fans feel about LeBron. I think he was on that way um, just by virtue of being the leader when Kobe died. I think that mattered to people. Um, him kind of grabbing the mic at the first game back and making a speech. And it was, it was an extremely memorable moment for me. And I think for a lot of the city. Um, and then, I mean, the other thing going on now is that he's under contract to 2023. And even though um, I think everyone anticipates he's going to be on the downward half of his career by that point, I mean, there's only so much time, right? I mean, he's, he's still defying us at 35. It's, it's, it's crazy, but there's only so much time um, until he becomes less productive. And, um, but I think that matters to people. I think that matters to people um, that he's kind of tying his wagon to the Lakers. Um, it's not something that he's done a lot recently. Um, he, he's been doing a lot of short-term contracts, uh, you know, one-on-one, two-on-one deals um, with options to extend his leverage. But now that he's sort of aiming for the security and under contract for the next three seasons, um, I think Lakers fans feel a sense of this is our guy. He's, he's riding with us. We don't have to think about next year or two years from now if he's going to go somewhere else, go back to Cleveland, uh, go, go some or retire or whatever. So he, he definitely – is a Laker. I mean, by the time this contract is up, he'll be a Laker of longer than his Miami time or second Cleveland tenure. So it's a, it's a defining era of his career. You mentioned death star bubble. Everybody in the league looks as Lakers as the death star, just in terms of teams. It's, it's the squad that Dennis Lindsay brought up in his zoom availability with us. So let's go back to the jazz enough Laker talk. We've already talked them to death. Your time at the Salt Lake Tribune, you were able to cover the Jazz. You were able to cover Utah Athletics with Kyle Kuzma before he became an Instagram model. What are your memories of your time at the Salt Lake Tribune and working in Utah? Um, I, I really liked it. Uh, I, I worked there for eight years, lived there for eight years. Um, and uh, I think, well, well, I, I really did not want to come to Utah when I started. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Uh, and I was coming from the East Coast. I was far from home. Um, there were like difficult life circumstances that I didn't really want to submit to and just got my opportunity there. And, and uh, within eight years, um, just changed my opinion a lot and ended up, uh, I mean, a lot of my dearest friends still live there. Um, and, uh, and and it's just uh, I, I I couldn't have asked for um, better things to happen uh, in terms of just professional development. The teams I covered. Uh, it's funny because I was watching uh, the Utah football game the other day, and just some guys that I've covered are still there. Now, Britton Covey uh, for he's third. Uh, he's my age. He's my age, still playing college football. <laughs> I, I he. 
And mentally, we're at the same place. Like, he, he is an old soul as well. He's definitely an old soul. Uh, I've been covering him for a long time. Uh, and Brenton Covey was one of the people who, when I, when I left uh, Utah, he, he sent me a DM, uh, even though I hadn't covered the team for more than a year. Um, so that was, he's, a, he's a nice guy. Um, a, a, a kind old soul. Uh, but yeah, Unlike me. And then, and then just the year that I covered the Jazz was just fun because because for the fans it was all gravy i mean uh, it's funny now that to think that at the time gordon hayward leaving just felt like all hope was sailing off uh, to boston um and what a weird turnout events all of that has been uh congrats gordon hayward shout out to gordon hayward uh for for another max deal congratulations <laughs> to michael jordan recruiting <laughs> gordon hayward oh my gosh um that that but, is the strangest thing if you told me in 2017 that in a couple of years michael jordan will be on the phone recruiting gordon hayward to his team as the final pitch he will call him on the phone i would have never thought that yeah well i mean also but at the time you could have you could have believed that if you're like, okay, well, maybe Gordon will be like a three-time all-star in Boston. We've seen the last dance. We know what Michael Jordan is. He's calling Gordon <laughs> Hayward. I, no offense to Gordon. Gordon's a great player. But this is Michael bleeping Jordan. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, but yeah, it was, the season that year was just all gravy. I mean, it was all, it was so far beyond what, any reasonable fan expected that the jazz were going to go to the second round of the playoffs um, and, and uncover um, really one of the best rookies in the draft that year and a franchise player now um, a max player. Congratulations to Donovan. Um, I mean, it, it was, I think that sense of exuberance for the fans really defined the experience of the season, which at first, did not look like it was going well. Um, yeah, I think there were what nineteen and twenty-seven at one point, and it started with gastric distress with Rodney Hood. I remember being uh, in Atlanta when they when they hit that low point, and uh, they lost to I think a ten-win Atlanta team led by Dennis Schroeder. Um, couldn't stop them, and we talked to Rudy Gobert in the locker room. And uh, he said, we'll be fine. And then, you know, they won like, I don't know, like 10 of their next 13 or nine of their next 13 and, and uh, rattled off a streak. And then from there, it was just like, I, I think the fact that jam, jazz fans were so excited about that team made it a lot more fun to report um, and, and made it easier with the players in the locker room that sort of the back half of that year was just, defining expectations having fun for the for the players so as a reporter it was a lot of fun to cover um, that surge and and that year do you remember a moment about donovan where you thought okay this player might be somebody that the jazz can build around yeah i mean i don't know i kind of i i don't think i expected what he became but um I mean, even in summer league, he just had this dynamic ability. Um, I think the game 
that I remember being like, oh, like he's he's got something was uh, I think in summer league he guarded uh, Jason Tatum and uh, and locked him down in the second half against the Celtics in, in a summer league game. And as, as much as you can take a summer league game seriously, which you should not, um, it was just, it was the best. When you consider that the Celtics had just taken Gordon Hayward and, and were really excited about Jason Tatum, who was also a rookie in that draft. Um, there was just a lot of energy in that moment. And, uh, and people really wanted to believe at that time that Donovan was going to be something special um, so it was it was something that on the grand scheme, I think everybody knew was small that you can't really take a summer league game, but the fact that Donovan performed like he did um, in that moment and really took that to heart, um, especially on the defensive end, I think uh, was sort of like, okay, like this guy is going to, he's going to matter. Um, and I didn't think at that time he was going to be a star, but I knew he was going to matter. Um, to the franchise for sure. I must have been a late adopter and because I saw it the Pelicans game in December where he drops 41 and oh, that's yeah. and that's when I was Is that in December? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. He drops 41 on on the Pelicans and at that point I he had, he had been moved into the starting lineup. We were trying yeah. to figure out what what is this player? Why, why are they starting a rookie? What, why is he with the ball in his hands so often? Why is he getting the keys to the car? And he exploded onto the scene and has, has gone to the point where that year they win their first round series and they make it to the second round and take on James Harden, who was in the news for some reason. Oh, uh, yeah. I was amazed, amazed by him uh, in that game. Yeah, actually, right after that um, was – Cleveland came through and it was right after LeBron's birthday. Yep. Um, because they had come from Napa and uh, I think they played like it. Uh, but uh, after that, I believe Donovan scored a layup um, again, going against LeBron on one of the last possessions um, and, and uh, one tight game and, that extended the Cleveland, uh, the actually the LeBron streak of futility in Utah to seven games. And the next day, the Tribune, I don't know if you remember this, uh, ran a headline that said, call him LLLLLLL LeBron. <laughs> it was like, it was. Um, who came up with that? Was that Walden? Matt who Traub, did Matt Okay. All right. Uh, uh, who now lives in LA, by the way. Um, but. Uh, that was a maximum Utah moment for sure, even though no one involved is, is from Utah, but it was a very Utah moment. Um, but yeah, it was like the kid didn't really have intimidation, um, which is, which is a, one of his most admirable traits. And, and even though the, the jazz didn't win this playoff series, um, you know, in, in the, in the bubble, um, Obviously, Donovan was tremendous and sensational in that series and, and opened a lot of eyes to how well he plays in big moments. All right, let's get you out on this. Where do you see the Jazz stacking up in this newfound West? Lakers clear favorites, got the Clippers underneath them, and then that grouping of teams, whatever the Rockets are, the Suns ascending, Blazers, where do you see the, the Jazz when it comes to 
the Western Conference. Yeah, I see Lakers um, until proven otherwise on top, although I think early in the season they're going to struggle um, because of the physical conditioning. Um, then Clippers probably give the edge to the Nuggets if Jamal Murray can figure out how to keep up um, his nuclear run through the bubble. Um, and then I think the Jazz sort of still in that four or five six range um actually i don't i don't know is is boyan healthy again yet or boyan's back boyan's back okay that that's a big deal um i think it matters that Derek favors is back um yeah jordan clarkson impact think about going back to 2017 and saying uh jazz like strong jazz free agent Jordan Clarkson, um, key priority, jazz, priority, priority, jazz creation, Jordan Clarkson, clutch um, client, Jordan Clarkson is coming to Utah nightlife, baby. Important, important, key piece retained. Um, whatever, man. Uh, 2020 is weird as hell, but, uh, yeah, I think they're right there. Um, you know, I, depending on what happens with Rudy, um, you know, I know there, there's stuff that has to be worked out with his extension. Um, and, and so I think that's the combustible element actually of the team. Um, I also think that they just ceiling wise, um, they're just going to struggle, um, with, with the talent they have. Um, I don't think they can go much higher than, than what their talent ceiling is, but, I think they also have a high floor. I mean, I think also certain teams, uh, sorry, Clippers, I'm going to pick on the Clippers until they prove me wrong, but Clippers prove that they're combustible, that they, they can, can break down. Um, so teams like that, um, you know, are vulnerable to teams like the Jazz. Um, and then you never know. Uh, unfortunately, you know, ho- hopefully nothing happens uh, terrible this year, but, I mean, injuries seem inevitable in the setup we have. Um, so maybe if somebody gets injured, um, the Jazz are there to kind of take advantage. So I, I think if they figure out a little bit more of their chemistry they had last year, because I, you know their their best lineups never really quite worked um, the way that a lot of us foresaw in the preseason. But um, so it, just another year to get that working. Um, to find ways to to be consistent, um, so I, th- I think that'll be key for the Jazz. But um, I, I wonder how it's going to go with Rudy and his contract because that is the kind of X factor combustible element of their chemistry, and hopefully um, they find a way to keep him for a while. Well, I know the Jazz fans definitely want to keep him, and I know there's a priority on both sides to stay here. Unfortunately, we lost you. You decide to to jettison Salt Lake, for <laughs> leave for LA. I think you won that deal. It's true. We got a real high, Housewives out of it. <laughs> I haven't watched that. Is it, uh, Aaron has been texting me about that though? Amazing. That, that good. Sharif Shah is the husband of one of the major players in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I I love Sharif. Uh, he's he's a great dude, uh, Miss Sharif. He was he was always a uh, fun to talk to on the youth speed. It's big. You better you better check that out. 
you, you have plenty of time during quarantine. That that is definitely true. I'm gonna spend way less time on a plane, so I definitely have time to to watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Maybe it'll move me back. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have to find me a housewife and and move back. It's okay being the trophy husband. Southern California News Group. Honestly, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> he is Kyle Goon, Orange County Register. Kyle, thanks so much. See you.